What's up, everybody? It's Matt Johnson. We are back with another episode of Real Estate Uncensored. This is the place where you get actionable ideas, insight, and inspiration to turn your real estate career into a life of freedom. And holy cow, we have a guest with us today. He's He's been with us before, but since he's been on the show, he's made a major change in talking about living a life of freedom. We'll give you a little peek into his life here in a second where he's broadcasting from because it's pretty freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about mindset. So if you... Uh, if you're looking to take not only your career to another level, your mindset to another level, but you're looking for an interesting avenue for how to live a life of freedom using your real estate skills and you think you're tied down to wherever you're at right now, think again. So this is going to be a really, really awesome conversation. We've got Jeff Coates back with us today, broadcasting from Belize. We'll bring him in in a second. First of all, the junior grandmaster himself, not broadcasting from bright and sunny Belize. He's in the co-pilot seat. He's freezing his co-pilot seat off, Greg McDaniel. I'm freezing my uh, my chestnuts off over here. Mm-hmm. You know, to stay in the in the what, holiday theme. Why why are your chestnuts not roasting beside an open fire? I don't understand. Are don't you not allowed to have open flames in your condo complex? <laughs> I want to keep my nuts exactly where they are. Thank you. <laughs> mm, they're very comfortable. Um, I'm super excited. Yeah, Jeff Jeff showed us kind of what he's looking at as he is uh, broadcasting today, which. Like Matt said, I'm insanely jealous of this man right now because he's going to, it's like 80 degrees. He's going to go take that later. He's going to go do drone footage of like multi-million dollar homes. It's the man is living the dream that we all wish we could live, but I'm glad to have him back on the show. And we got the evil bald ninja who I asked him if <clears throat> we're on a tech tip he has for the day. His response was, Gene, what was your, what was your response of what you have for us today? I ain't got shit. And that's the Merry Christmas spirit from him to all of you. But <laughs> I'm glad that we're all here, guys. Jeff, welcome back again, my friend. I cannot wait to talk more about the book and everything else you got going on down in beautiful, sunny, hot Belize. All right. Well, thanks for having me, Greg. I, I look forward to talking to it, too. And it's always cool to hang out with you guys, watching your guys' shows. And the content you guys give is amazing. I love it. Thanks, man. Thank I know. I work hard at it. Matt kind of just shows up, but I really <laughs> yeah. put my effort in. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that. I love you too. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, uh, so Jeff, catch us up. You've got your book that's either coming out or, or it just came out or something like that. Like, when's the official release date? Right. It's already been out. came out a couple weeks ago, maybe even a month ago. I'm kind of slow here. I'm getting, it, getting the word out. <laughs> Yeah, kind of, that's, what, that's what happens when you sleep in a hammock a lot. Is that a thing in Belize? You sleep outside in a hammock? I have slept outside multiple times in my hammock. And then uh, I, have a, I have a really cool spot where I, I can lay in the hammock and I can just look up at the stars and the moon is out. And I don't have a lot of bugs or nothing. And sometimes it's just the best way to fall out, man. But yes, hammocks are very common here in Belize. <laughs> God. And the last time we talked with you, you were in the uh, the Pac Northwest. Where where were you based at? Uh, Seattle. I was in Seattle then. Yeah. 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 And you were coaching. You were doing uh, you know ISA work and coaching ISA teams and things like that for real estate teams. You got a really deep background, and now you're with KW Belize. What? Just curious. What's the experience been? Just selling real estate in a foreign country, coming from where you come from. Man, you know. Uh, it's, it's still a journey that I'm on and still learning. I've only been here a few months, but it's a lot different than what you're used to in the States. There's, there's no MLS here. Everything is really on the agent. The agent has to have their own website. If you want to go get a sign put up, you got to go dig that hole yourself. You're out there with your pulse hole digger putting the sign out. Like 
Um, you're, you're uploading good photos and you have to have, like everything is just really on the agent. It's not anything that you're used to in the States. And, um, and the, the, the paperwork is really interesting because the government is, is very involved in the paperwork part, but it can be very slow. So to get a title to a property um, can be difficult sometimes because the, it's, the process just takes a lot of time. And, gotcha. um, and, and there's leased land here also. So when you go to try to purchase a property, you gotta make sure that the land isn't leased because technically you're not suppo supposed to be selling land that's leased with the government. You have to own the land first before you can sell it. And so some people try to sell that lease to other people and that mm -hmm. can become a complicated transaction for foreigners. And so you mm -hmm. really gotta know the details of what's going on when you're here, you know? Sometimes as, how are that. you, I was going to say, how are you learning? If, if it, there's definitely some intricacies that are unique. So do you just get around other agents? Do you get around the broker? Who do you go to for resources? Yeah, you know, when you Google uh, real estate in Belize, you come across Macarena Rose. She's been on House Hunters International like eight times or something on HGTV. She's like my, my go-to right-hand person here in Belize. She's had my back. There's a great team of agents here. Uh, Marilyn, Lupita, Jenny, uh, Jimmy Lou, like all these guys, Richard Lopez, like all, they, each one of them brings a different side of real estate here who just have my back and they're willing to teach me everything. So hand in hand, I would say Macarena Rose has been uh, by far the biggest asset partnering with her. She's the operating principal here, but she's also an agent and she also has a team and and her having a team and me having a team in the past, we can relate and communicate really well with each other as far as, as learning and teaching, not just her teaching me, but me also helping teach her and what she's got going on. It's a great partnership and without her, this would be very difficult to have accomplished. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd imagine. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Very, very cool. So you're, yeah, you're about three or four months into this, uh, this journey. So to see how it progresses over the next couple of years and, you know, how long you end up staying or if you stay and never come back, uh, which either way is pretty awesome. Belize is pretty amazing. So we've got stuff to talk about with the book. We're going to talk about mindset and how to have, how to change your mindset. So you change your life. So we've got a bunch of interesting things to, uh, to get into, but let's, uh, revisit some of the background for us, right? So some of the reason that the book came to be, we dipped into this a little bit on your story on the last one. So for more detail, people can listen to your first episode with us, but just catch us up for those that may have missed. Give us kind of the, the little couple minute overview of how the book came to be and, and what your background is. <laughs> couple minutes, all right. Oh, yeah, yeah, just a few, you know, 20, 30, <laughs> maybe 45. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, I went to prison when I was 14 years old. I did 17 years in prison uh, in the adult prison system in Washington State for um, for a crime that I committed there when I was a kid. While I was in prison, I studied real estate, I studied mindset, I studied attitude, I, like all these different kind of self-help things. And, and then I started trying to teach others because a lot of the books that I was reading at the time was like telling me, uh, if you wanna put any of this stuff into practice, the best thing to do is to teach it so that you can put it into practice. So that's what I started to do. Um, started teaching people about real estate before I had ever sold real estate. Started teaching people about, you know, changing their mindset while I was while I was inside. And and then I got released. I joined a mortgage company because uh, I didn't really understand the financing of real estate right away. Mm -hmm. After I was a part of the mortgage company, 
another mortgage company recruited me. I wound up getting laid off because their production was low because um, I was in the IT section of, of the mortgage company. Uh, and then one of my friends said, man, you've been studying real estate so long. Why don't you get your real estate license? Uh, one thing about the mortgage company is I actually took the tests to be a loan officer and passed the state and national test, but this, the capital denied my license because I had the felony. There's a, a mm -hmm. national law that says if you have a felony that you can't be a, a loan officer. So I wound up saying, man, you know what? You're right. Let me get into real estate. <laughs> but I called I called the capital first and was like, look, I don't want to spend all this money testing right. and then you guys deny my license. So <laughs> can I get the license? And so they said unofficially, yes, send us all your paperwork and we'll evaluate it. I said, all right, cool. Took the test. Ended up passing. Uh, in that journey, I became friends with Ben Kenny. Didn't know who he was at the time. Uh, told him, hey man, I just passed my real estate test. He said, fly to Texas. I'm like, yeah, all right, just fly to Texas, like right now. He's like, yeah, this like this week, fly to Texas. We're having this big event and uh, I'll meet you there. And I'm like, all right, I'll figure it out. So I wound up using the last money I had to fly to Texas. And I, my phone died on the plane. Like I just said, I was in prison a long time, so I'd never even been on a plane before. This was my first time, and I fly to this state I've never been to. My phone dies, and I'm like, I'll just leave it in the hotel, and I'll find Ben at this place. I'm sure it should be easy to find. Go to the convention center. <laughs> it's, it's actually Mega Camp that I'm going to at the time. Holy cow. Okay. Uh, and uh, I walk into this uh convention center and there's like 20,000 agents. I'm like, oh, I'm so screwed, man. Where has this guy been? This is going to be, this is crazy. Like three minutes, no joke, standing in the back trying to figure out what I was going to do. He comes out on the stage to talk to everybody. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, who is this guy, Ben? What the heck is this? Like, I went to his house and I talked to him. I never knew anything about like who he was as far as in real estate goes. So I said, well, I guess I found him. I'll just sit back here, you know? So, Wound up, uh, wound up watching him doing the mega camp thing. Didn't really know what it was about. Learned some stuff about real estate. Flew back, met back up with them. And he asked me to join his team, got on his team, worked on his team for about a year. Wound up talking to a good friend of mine at uh, in Philadelphia. I was doing motivational talks. And I went and talked somewhere. And one of my friends said, you know, you have a legendary story and you're underneath this legend. You need to kind of branch out because you are going to have an amazing life. And so if you're always working for somebody else, you know, you're, it, it just isn't going to be the best you, basically. And so yeah. I thought about that. I went back, left this team, and started my own team. Uh, went through a, a, a crazy journey on my team. Sold a lot of houses. To me, I sold a lot of houses, 36 or 37 houses in nine months. Um, with a small little team and then was about to grow my team into Hawaii and some life events happened that kind of got out of a relationship and went through some some tough times wound up kind of rethinking if I was going to build my team in Hawaii and wound up going to Indonesia to kind of reset myself and I, when I got on a plane Everybody in my life has said, you need to write a book. You need to write a book. You need to write a book. And I was like, man, nobody wants to read a book about my life. I went to prison. I was 14, whatever, you know, like, and I'm, I'm out here doing normal things. I'm not doing anything extraordinary that anyone else can't do. So I never thought, like, let's write a book about my life. It didn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. 
But when I was on that plane, I was like, man, I'm going through the second hardest thing I've ever gone through in my life, I feel. And uh, how am I going to get out of it? And I was like, I'm going to write a book about how I'm going to get out of it. I'm going to write a book on how I've lived my life and accomplished major goals through roughest times. And I'm going to get out of this. And But first, I need to get out of this situation <laughs> I'm in right? so that I can write the book so that I know that it works. And so through my journey of, of self-reflection and resetting my own mindset again out here yeah. in freedom, I realized that this is something that everybody goes through on, at multiple times in their life. And that not only that, but anybody can do it. And there's eight principles if you follow them and you stay dedicated to them, you can accomplish your highest goals no matter what. And I know that it can be true because I've I've gone from poverty to catching rainwater, to living in a shack, to going to prison, to getting out and having the every job that I've applied for, not been turned down for a job, living like amazing things. And then in the book, I've interviewed several people that have had amazing life journeys themselves and have accomplished amazing goals themselves too. And so it just tells me that I know that these things are true because they've worked for me. They work for other people. In each interview that I did, I went through the eight dedicated eight, and and it's true for all of them. And and if you analyze each each uh, principle yourself, you'll say, man, I went through that. I I've done that. I've gone through that. I know about that. And uh, I reached out to some of uh, my closest friends over the years, uh, David Osborne, uh, Hal Elrod. Um, uh, Pat Hyman, like I've, I reached out to them and said, hey, check out this book and can you tell me what you think? And amazingly, each one of them did a review on the for the for the book on the back of the book. And That's uh, fantastic. And what's what's even really cool is my very first book. I was in prison, and I was like, I have I I'm not a carpenter. I'm not an artist. I'm not I I don't have like these skills that everybody kind of has. Like I'm not a plumber. I'm, you know, right. I'm a sales. I don't even like sales guy. I'm like a, I'm a hustler, man. Like in the positive <laughs> way, like I, I can get things done, you know. And so mm. I went to the library and I was like, what am I gonna do with this? What what can I do? And I picked up a book by Robert Shemin, and I was like, if this book is good, I'll read all this guy's books, and okay. then I'll, I'll apply it to my life. And I picked up the book. I read one of his books, and I was like, all right, this was a good book. It was like a book on how to make money in real estate or something. I go back. There's a title catalog where you can look up an author and it'll tell you all his books. So I go pick up the title catalog. I open it up. This guy wrote like 15 books. Oh man. Anyway, Robert Sheeman gave a review for my book. How cool oh, that's that? awesome. That book changed my life. Picking up his book in 2002 or something mm -hmm. put me on the path that I'm on now. And this guy did an awesome review for my book so that's kind that's of the long short cool. version yeah well and hopefully people that you know that your book now will have that same positive impact on somebody else which is what uh what we hope will happen to a lot of people so let's let's talk about the first couple of uh of elements of the dedicated eight so take me back you know you're i it's interesting you're basically sitting in prison and you realize that yeah. you have to like you have to change your like you have to change your mindset right you have to accept and and cope with what's happened to you and and kind of where you're at and physically you don't have any control of where you're at you can't get up and walk away you absolutely have to deal with it 
but even there you have a choice and you can you can kind of blame everybody you can lash out you can you can do a lot of things it, mentally even though you can't get up and physically get out of the situation but you can still you can kind of wallow and i'm sure you saw a lot of guys that did um but you you chose to go a different way so let's talk about that because that's where a lot of people get stuck is when something bad happens they wallow and they tend to get stuck there so how did you kind of get unstuck yeah you, you know there's looking back it's not like when i was in prison i was like oh this is the step to to get out of this situation but yeah. now that i've written this book and I analyzed everything that i've done when i was incarcerated and even out here like changing a job if you're 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 trying to change schools you're trying to change your life you're trying to get out of a relationship the first thing that you really have to do is you have to accept you know first you're going to have what i call like an aha moment that that's what happens first you you want to change you want to change you want to do something different with your life you want something to happen differently than what you're currently going through so that's what i call like the aha moment but the very first thing to answer your question was acceptance you have to accept your situation like you said i had no choice right i'm stuck in this place i'm in this i'm, I'm where i'm at some people might be stuck in their job because they got two kids or, or whatever some people might be stuck in a relationship because they're very codependent or or, or, or something is going on there you know, the first thing you have to do is accept the situation and understand that you're in that type of situation. You're you're in a situation you don't control, or maybe you're in a situation that you do control, but you don't know how to control it. But you have to analyze that situation for yourself and then accept that situation so that you know how to start taking the, te the steps to change it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does, because it's one of those things where, and Greg, pipe in here, but um... – <clears throat> I think we do engage in a little bit more denial. You know, we 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 know that that's kind of the cycle of grieving or whatever. Like the what is that? The first step is always denial. Um, but the same thing happens to us. That's that's not just for grief of losing someone that we love. That's also grief that like we go through those those similar cycles when just bad things happen to us, <clears throat> regardless yeah. of what they are. There could be a downturn in the business. It could be the the market shifting, and we have to adapt. It could be a lot of things. But we go through those same those same kind of stages and it is easy to get stuck in that for too long and i mean usually we're forced to get out of it we're forced to accept it at some point but if we can yeah. do it faster then we can get out of it faster and we can adjust and i think we're all going to be put in those situations they may not be as extreme jeff as as you did but we're all put in those situations where bad things happen or things shift and all of a sudden we have to the faster we can accept it and move on uh, the faster we can kind of get on with things I agree. Like the biggest thing, like if the market would, when I was leaving Seattle, I saw that the market was starting to shift a little bit. I'm not sure if that's still the case up there where the market mm -hmm. is shifting, but <clears throat> that's the thing is everybody starts to panic and worry my income. I, I've been spending, spending, spending and not saving, saving, saving because the market's been so hot. And I know if I put a listing on the market this week, it'll sell next week and I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But then when the market starts to shift, then you start to panic and then you start, I've seen agents say, man, I'm starting to look for a part-time job. I'm starting to do this. And I'm like, man, what happened to your full-time job of real estate? Like just shift your mindset, start picking up some books and start educating yourself. Start watching some of your guys' shows. Like you guys have some great guests that, that even make me think, wow, I, I never thought about that. I never thought about that. I never thought about that. Small things that you think would be at the top of our mind in real estate that that just a little bit of an adjustment, changing one thing in your business, something like that. But you have to accept the situation first, and I agree with what you're saying there. Yeah, 
Yeah, and then the next step in, in kind of your, in the dedicated eight is to really take responsibility. And that's an interesting thing. So, like, how did you, how did you take responsibility? Like, how does that show up in your, in your life? When, when you, when you say take responsibility for something, how do you look at that? You know, that's a great question. When, um, when real estate companies or teams uh, hire me to speak, I usually talk about responsibility and action because, mm -hmm. and, and in that, in, in those two things, those two things really are what has changed my life and, and changed anything that I'm trying to accomplish or help me achieve the goals, right? Is first you have to take responsibility for whatever it is you're going through. If you're in real estate, you have to take responsibility that you're not getting up at 9 a.m. And, do, and, and doing prospecting from 9 to 12. Maybe, maybe you're wondering, man, why don't I have any business right now? Well, you got up at 11, you took a shower at 12, you ate something at one, and then you're on the phone at three and everybody's not answering your phone calls and you're wondering why. Right. I can't imagine so, why. So weird. <laughs> right. So, so you gotta, you gotta, you, you have to be looking at yourself and you have to, take responsibility and when you're taking responsibility it helps you clear your mind clears your your heart is what I like to say it, it just you're like okay I put everything out there there's there's a story in the book that talks about I wrote a letter to the, the victim of my case and when I wrote that letter it was me trying to take responsibility for the for for my actions towards him but it wasn't for him right it was, mm -hmm. and it, this might sound selfish, and it might, and it kind of is, but it was for me. I had to apologize and get that off my chest. It's not in my power to, for him to accept my apology and to say okay and and look, I forgive you or whatever. I don't know how he's going to re receive my letter, but what I can do is be genuine, take responsibility for my actions, apologize for it, and get it off of my chest and my heart, so that I can move forward in my life. Right. So in real estate, you can do the same thing. Take responsibility for your actions. If you have no business, you have to look in the mirror and say, why don't I have any business? What am I not doing? Am I, am I not getting up? Am I not prospecting? Did I not send the mail letters? Does my calendar look shady, meaning nothing? Does, does my CRM have a good follow-up system? No, no, no. If, if your answer is no, no, no to all this stuff, you need to take responsibility and own that you're not doing your part to run your business in a professional, dedicated way and you have to take responsibility and then you have to take action, which leads into the next mm -hmm. thing, which is action. And you have to do something about it. You have to look at what you're, what you're putting out there. And if you're, not, if you're not taking action, how do you expect a return on that, right? So if you're yeah. not setting up your founder, go ahead, sorry. No, what I was gonna say is the fact that majority of the time, the biggest issue with real estate agents, which obviously Jeff, you know, uh, is that we like the, the smell of our own farts. <laughs> oh, it smells so good. But in reality, it, it's just a load of shit. And we, we need someone like you to come along and basically bitch slap you and be like, look, man, chick, dude, whatever, you're just not doing it right at all. No, You're playing office. You're not actually being productive. You're busy, but you're not productive. Like you said, you wake up at 11, you eat by 12, shower by 1, in the on the, on the phones by 3, 3.30, call it, call it a day by 3.45, and wipe your brow going, holy crap, that's a busy day. And, yeah. you know, you, we can tell ourselves lies all day long, all day long. But in reality, you know, results will ultimately be the scorekeeper of our life. It doesn't mean if it's just in business, it's in personal lives, professional lives, family lives, you know, our physical bodies, um, you know, everything. 
say, oh, well, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week and you go once. Well, thinking of it five times doesn't really mean you went five times. Wanting to make those calls doesn't mean you made those calls. Uh, one of my coaches, I, I talk about this all the time. I just ripped these off from the other day, but I keep these little sticky pads. Super stupid, super simple. But I mark down how many database calls I do and how many send out cards I send out. I need to do three send out cards and 10, you know, database calls at a minimum every single day. And it, this silly little orange and bright pink sticky pads keep me accountable. So when it comes to accountability, help me understand what that thing was for you after you got out of your stint, you know, uh, you know, in prison. What was that thing that kept you accountable for moving forward on a daily basis, progressing in a positive way versus re regressing and mm -hmm. going back to potentially where you were, where you could have been if you did, if you took another choice? Sure. That's a great question. Um, and I'm totally on the fly with this. I, I think accountability comes down to networking, really. And networking is one of the things in my book. It's a it's one of the steps. It's surrounding yourself with people because you can't really accomplish your goals all by yourself. Like I, everything mm -hmm. that I've accomplished in my life, there's always been people around me, surrounding me, helping me, showing me something, teaching me something. But I've never necessarily had somebody holding me accountable. I've never been like, oh, here's my goal, hold me accountable. However, I think my own personal drive to want to, to accomplish the goal, I'm very goal-driven, goal-oriented. But I know that that, doesn't, that approach doesn't work for everybody. A lot of people do need an accountability partner. Even right now in my growth here, I feel like I need an accountability partner now as I'm getting a little bit further in my career trying to figure out what's the next step to do and I need to be accountable to things that I've never experienced before, like different types of marketing for the book. I'm, it's kind of not my, my, my thing. It's really right. real estate's been my thing. I can be accountable to that. So I think the inner drive for me, what kept me accountable is not wanting to let myself down, not wanting to let other people down, always having that desire to help other people, trying to lead with the teacher's heart. And I felt like if I didn't accomplish my goal, the people that are watching my journey, I would be letting them down. So I think mm. I have this self um, accountability going on, but I know that that I know that for a hundred percent fact that doesn't work for everybody, and some people need an accountability partner. And uh, and I I think coaching is where where that's at. But mm -hmm. for me personally, to answer your question, I would say my inner drive was what kept me accountable to not wanting to be poor. L looking back and looking at how I would catch rainwater when I was a kid and and snow to take showers, looking at my friends that were living in poverty that made them decide to commit crimes to go to, you know, to take care of their families. Just thinking about these situations made me say, man, I do not want to have to make those types of choices or decisions in my life. So I need to accomplish these goals that I'm setting for myself and I need to do them. And I think that's been my accountability. So here's a question for you. Yeah. Uh, when you've grown the most, when you when you when you formulated these eight mindset principles, I would bet you dollars to donuts that you founded these principles in the hardest of times in your life, not in the easiest of the times in your life, right? Those dark days when you're in prison, those dark days when you were younger, when you're catching rainwater, you're going, fuck this shit. What can I do <laughs> to change my life, right? Yeah. And you know, that's the, that's, the, that's the thing I like about having you on the show is the fact that you, you've got a great story of a complete turnaround. Yes, it's extreme, but here's the cool thing. 
people can take this and apply it into their life in any way, shape, or form. Because it could be like you you had a recently a, a, a personal you know breakup, which you know I I can empathize with you because I've gone through one that nearly killed me as well, literally. And it can fucking it sucks, really sucks a bag of dicks. But you know what? You can go. I, I, you know, I was waiting for you and Matt to shake your heads. You guys did it simultaneously. That was perfect. <laughs> both, both me and Gene are like, eh, well, you know, that's, that, that's what happened. Pretty that nice. Makes sense, right? Bag of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> but what I love about this stuff is the fact that you've come back from so much stuff, and yet you still got a smile on your face. Right? And you've, and the cool thing is, dude. The really cool thing is, is that you nothing has got you down, you followed your dreams, you're changing people's lives on a daily basis, you're living where you want to live, not where you thought you were going to live, but even in a better place than you thought you were going to be living in, and you got amazing things going forward with you, and you've reached out to people that you know are iconic that have reached back to you and said, dude, you're a cool cat, I like what you're doing, You know, I want to support you, let's rock and roll, and people can do that, but they've got to understand the principles. We've only gone over, I think, two of the principles, am I correct on this? Three. We talked about action, three. acceptance, coping, responsibility, action, and networking. Uh, so we've okay. gone, yeah, we've gone over a few of them. Yeah. You know, I, I will. Yeah. I want to keep going and keep knocking these down. Let's go to number four and see what the, yeah. the fourth Goal. mindset is. Goal, goals and actions. So if if we're gonna go into them like that, what I would say is like a lot of times, I, when I was writing this book and I was talking to my friends. They're like, man, do you feel like you went through this order specifically exactly in this order to, to accomplish these things? Mm. And for me, the answer is I feel like, yes, this is the order that it went for me. But when I started doing these interviews with these other people and I was talking to them about this, these dedicated eight, some of them went through each of these in their own order, in their own way. And so I wouldn't say that this is the Bible for every single step. You know, I would say that you're going to go through these eight in your own way, in your own order. So to go into goals, for me, I had to go through acceptance, coping, responsibility. I had to go through those stages first. I had to accept my situation. I had to cope with what was going down with me in my life. I had to take responsibility so that now I have a clear, clean conscience of what's going on, what's happening. Now I can set realistic, clear goals. You, In the beginning, when you're going through to try to to set goals for yourself, you might say, man, I really want, I want to be a millionaire. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Okay. But then you go through acceptance, coping responsibility. And then you're like, okay, what does it take for me to be a millionaire? What are the specific goals that I need to do to be that millionaire? What job do I need? What, what business do I need to start? What do I need to do? Right. Um, you know, we've been talking on here about uh, kind of like the, the tough times I've met, I met this guy, William, one time on the airplane going to Indonesia, actually. That guy worked as an engineer in Greece or Italy somewhere. And I said, where do you live now? He says, I live in Texas. And I said, what do you do in Texas? He says, I work for Facebook. And I was like, you owned your own business in this other country and you live in Texas working for Facebook. Like, how'd that happen? And he just told me this amazing story about how he was enjoying life where he was at. He was an engineer before, and he he was he was living a good life. And he started his own company as an engineer, and he was living a good life there. But he, he just didn't feel fulfilled. And he saw this ad posting for a job with Facebook, and he's like, man, that seems really cool. That would be awesome to do. I'm just going to apply for that job and see if I can get it. He applies for the job. 
winds up getting the job and he kind of just in that plane ride he was telling me how he set specific goals for himself and to just change his life and it wasn't that he was in a bad place at all he just didn't feel fulfilled like he just felt something was missing and he went online one day and was just kind of just browsing to see if, what else was out there that he could possibly do with his talents and skills and he found this job and now he was flying to indonesia working for facebook doing something with them and just a happy guy and so what i would say is once you go through those phases of acceptance and coping and taking responsibility whether you're in a bad place or a good place in your life whatever it is that's taking you through those and then you start mapping out your goals like okay what is it going to take for me to do this and i kind of break this down in the simplest form so people can understand think about you waking up and you want to go to the zoo you wake up i don't know for me going to the zoo is more more sporadic and not really planned out i don't start my week on sunday and be like i think on wednesday i'll go to the zoo that's just not me. I'm very, very, very spontaneous. But on Wednesday morning, I might wake up and say, man, I want to go to the zoo. So I need to accomplish. What do I need to accomplish in order to be able to do that? I need to make sure there's gas in my bike. I need to make sure that I have some clothes. I, here at the zoo, I can feed the monkeys with bananas. So I need to make sure I go to the store and get, get cool. some bananas for the monkeys. You know, you got to break these down into small goals to accomplish your big goals. So that's what step five is for me is having the realistic goals so that you can accomplish your big goal. So let me let me back it up for a hot, hot second here. Matt and I have debated m multiple times in regards to this whole idea. By the way, Jeff, just so you know, our friend Neely Freeman uh, noted and she saw that you're drinking out of a real Coke bottle and she is very jealous of you, just to let you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> see, Vanna White's the bottle. <laughs> uh, um, but I mean, so Matt and I talk, talk about goal setting a lot of the times, and I'm very much, I think, extremely high. I mean, if, if this is what you can get for a dollar, I'm like, great, what can I get for $10,000? And Matt's like, no, jackass, let's just go for a dollar. I'm like, no, that's bullshit. Let's go for 10000 So the difference in your mindset is, do you go for the practical stuff, or do you, and or do you also go for the like very ostentatious uh, and huge goals at the exact same time? And how do you... Um, I guess, how do you, I guess, what's the right word for this? How, how do you keep yourself solid, rock solid on each of those goal sets? So like one, wake up, do 10 calls. One, you know, the second one, number one in your marketplace. Very, very different goals. How do you keep yeah. yourself on track for each one of those? You know, that's a great question. And, and uh, I was reading a book in the research for this book where the guy was talking about goals. And he said, man, if you set too many goals, you start to not accomplish goals. Right. So my my thing is you have your top two big goals your top two you want to be the number one guy in your market center what are your activities that are going to make it make you get to that goal and and you just nailed it on the head you wake up you set your calls you got to set your goals for your calls appointments you got to know what your numbers are you have to you have to know what it's going to take you to accomplish uh being the number one person in your market center okay the number one market set person in my market center sold 10 houses this month how do I sell 11? Well, I know that I need to make 400 phone calls to get 200 appointments to get 100 listings. Whatever it is, you got to know your numbers and know your small goals. So to answer your question is, I do have my two big goals, whatever my big goals are. And then as you start accomplishing the small goals that will get you to there, that's what it takes. You have to have your small goals in there. So you need both and you need to be saying dedicated and that's why I call this the dedicated eight. You need to stay dedicated and consistent with your small goals 
because your small goals will lead to your big goal. And it might even take you off track from your big goal. You might get another opportunity somewhere else that you didn't even see coming because you've been so dedicated to your small goals. Someone else might see you and say, man, we like what you're doing. We really want you to come come, come with us. And here's a here's a signing bonus. Here's something awesome. Here's Here's something that you didn't expect because you've been so dedicated to your small goals so that you can reach your big goal. That's so true. I mean, the, the, the old adage is, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. How can you be number one agent? One day at a time. You know, me doing 10 database calls at a minimum, you know, 280 days out of the 365 days with holidays and, you know, weekends and everything else, that's 2,800 reaches into my database doing three send out cards five days a week that's 840 cards a year those small incremental things like you're talking about will get you to your master goal and like you said that the really cool thing is is like anything else if you start off with a goal like i want to be blah 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 right well then yakety schmack shows up and it's way cooler than blah 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 and you right. come over here and you start and you start chasing yak to smack. Mac, don't give me that fucking weird look, dude. I can see you're like, <laughs> you're, you're, just, you're like trying to process this in your brain. You're like, what is he talking about? But it's the true I'm thing just, is that. I'm just envisioning people listening that can't see what your hand motions are going, what in the world is he talking about? As you but go on, you rub your eyes. He's talking about yeah. yakety smack, man. And blah, blah, blah. On the same page. God, yeah. man. Blah, 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 and yakety smack. Oh get with the God. program, man. Get with the program, exactly. Jeez. But, so goal, but the thing is... Goal, goal A and goal made, B, okay. The you thing made is, Gene so speechless with all this talk with yakking smack, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, Gene's just been a mute all day. Gene, are you going to pipe in or are you going to sit there like a creeper? You're like, yeah, no, no, no. Listen, I'm, I'm doing... You, you know, sometimes <laughs> I sit back here and I'm, I am creeping, actually. I'm Processing. listening and I'm learning, right? And I have a couple... You saw me, right? And I got some questions. But there were, there's not really any... There wasn't really any good spot to slide them in. I kind of want to keep the flow. It's it's going well. So we can you can end it with me, of course, if you want. Well, as I say, once Gene jumps in, clearly the episode is over. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still here, man. I don't know why I take this abuse, but I'm still here. <laughs> listen, I'm still here. Well, listen, if we're plugging books, can I plug mine right now? I just came up with my idea. It's called I Am All of a Sudden second-guessing all of my life decisions, and I want to see if Jeff will write the foreword for me. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Belize and all this. This is crazy, man. What, so, all right, let me ask you one of the questions. What's the three? This is probably a stupid question. What's the three in Reset? Oh, okay. So in the, in the introduction <laughs> of the book, I tell a story of the three Fs, and when I talk around the country, a lot of people leave the conversation really talking about the three F's. So I'll tell you what the three F's are. And it's a story that comes from prison. I was 14 years old and I, I get to this prison. I, I get to go outside for the first time and it's cold, it's raining, it's Washington State, but I have been um, locked down for, for months and I haven't been able to be outside. So I just am like, man, I'm going outside, I don't care. So I'm outside, it's raining, I'm walking around the track. They call it the track. It's kind of like a high school gym track outside. There's a couple pull-up bars out there. And there's this really big guy doing pull-ups. And there's one other guy that came on the bus with me from the county jail. He's walking around the track. And I see him talking to this guy. And I'm kind of, I'm just, I'm new. And I don't know how to, what's going on. I don't even know how to take all this in. And I'm just walking around. I just got a 20-year prison sentence. And here's my first day outside, so I'm just trying to take it in. And I walk by this pull-up bar, and this big guy looks over at me. He's like, hey, come here. And I, 
in my head, I was thinking, oh, man, here we go. Here, here's how it starts. <laughs> so so uh, I walk over there, and he's like, what's your name? And I tell him my name is Jeff, and I ask him what his name is, and he says, my name's Big Tom. And I was like, I wonder how that came about. <laughs> this guy's like 300 pounds doing pull-ups. It's all coming together. So he just looks straight at me, and he's like, got any questions? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I got a lot of questions, man. <laughs> he's like, he's like, what are they? I'm like, man, do 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 people fight here? He's like, yeah. I'm like, the main question everybody asks about people that go to prison. I'm just like, man, do people get raped here? He's like, yeah. I'm like, people get killed here. He's like, listen, you just need to follow the three Fs. I'm like, the three Fs. What the fuck is the three Fs? <laughs> And he's like, you need to figure out if you're going to fight, fuck, or hit the fence when shit goes down in your life here in prison. Hmm. And I was like, what? He was like, if somebody punks you today, are you going to fight them? Are you going to let them take advantage of you, rape you, take your stuff? Or are you going to try to run, try to escape prison hmm. and get shot by the guards if you're trying to escape? Those are your hmm. options here in prison. So... What are you what are you gonna do? Are you gonna fight, fuck, or hit the fence? And those three principles pretty much saved my life in prison. Um, and so as I was going through this book and making this this doing this journey, I replaced the E with three because no matter where you are or who you are, you're gonna be confronted with the three Fs whenever you enter into a new situation like a job or a relationship. Are you going to fight for what you want? Are you going to let someone else take advantage of you, use you, undermine you, or take credit for your work at your job? Are you going to fight for, like, your life? You want a better life. You want to do something different in your life. Are you just going to let people just keep taking from you, or are you going to do something about it? Or are you simply going to give up? Are you going to run away? Are you going to try to attempt to escape from your responsibility to yourself? So what I did was I used the three as a dedication to my friend, Big Tom. We're good friends now. And, and, and it's a symbol to everybody else who read the book that you can take control of your life by accomplishing your goals and setting high goals and staying dedicated to those goals and staying dedicated to yourself. And so that's what the three represents. You know, there was a, a great thing that I heard a while ago and I, and I always reference back to this and it's pretty much the same thing. But it's instead of three three words, it's one word, and it's standards. Um, you know, it, it, it's your standards in life, right? What are you going to allow to be your reality? And you know, people, a lot of people, they like when me when I had this realization, kind of like when you were talking to Big Tom for the first time, your first day in the yard, going, ah, shit, man, this is this just got real fucking real, and I got a big dude here, I got twenty years inside, I got to get my head screwed on, right? And I yeah. hope that people, even if you're not doing a 20-year stint in prison, maybe you're doing a 20-year stint in a fucked-up relationship or a, or, or a partnership or you know a, or a family you know life or something. You're like, dude, this is my reality right now. What is oh, your no. what are your standards going to be? You can always raise your standards. Even in prison, you can raise your standards. You can allow someone to take advantage of you, or you can stand your ground. And people, you guys can do this in real estate. You can do this in life. You can do this anywhere you are right now. But you can change it like that but you got to make your mindset up. And so Jeff, you, 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 that probably blew your mind where you're sitting looking at this 300 pound fool doing pull-ups and you're just like, this guy's, you know, preaching the word to me right now. 
Yeah. <laughs> he didn't, he, he, you know, he does. I've seen him several times. He knows he's taking a picture with my book. If you go to Reset Connect on Facebook, you can see a picture of Big Tom. He's there. But you know, he um, he did change my world, and and with with those three Fs, and and they've applied to my whole life. But you know, it's a choice. There's so many people that say to me, "Man, you went to Belize? That's crazy. I wish I could do that." The, the term that I hear all the time is, "I wish I could do that." And the reality is you can, like yeah. every single person can change your life and your reality right now. Oh, my family lives here. My job is here. My dog is here. Like, you know, yeah. there's all these things that we convince ourselves because we're comfortable that we don't have the power to change it because we like the consistency yeah. and the, and the um, security of what we currently have, even if we have to go through a tough time to keep it, you yeah. know? And that's I, true. The funny thing is, is like you said, it's so, it literally can change anything you want in your life, but you have to take action to do it. And so many of us, like you said, we, we get stuck on the mire of mediocrity. We're just so comfortable being the version that we always are. We don't ever step out to be the version that we could be. Um, you know, this last year I've taken several big steps and uh, the last couple of years I've done, done things I never thought I would ever do. Um, and it's because, I mean, and Jeff, uh, help me confirm this with me if you wouldn't mind. Once you yeah. take those steps and you're something different, a different version of who you are, you look back at that shell of what you used to be and you're like, man, I'm sure glad I'm not that person anymore because, God, look at this new person. It's so cool. Then it encourages you to take that next big step and the next big step and the next big step. And then you get on a roll and you just don't stop. And all of a sudden, you become addicted to this new change, this new, this new person that you are. And you're like a bigger, stronger, faster, smarter version of who you are now versus who you could be in the future. And you're like, man, if I can do this, what can I do in the next 12 months, 18, 34, you know, 24, 36 months, right? Exactly. I mean, That's shit, man. Exactly right. You live in freaking Belize, bro. I mean, I mean, did you think you were going to be there five months ago? No. No. But here you are. So where are you going to be in the next 12 months? I'm going to be in Belize. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you, you know, to, to your point, I have a good friend in the States. Um, she became a real estate agent. She was on a real estate team, and she, she wasn't getting the results that she wanted. And then she got off the team, and she was – venting to me and and I just told her I said you know your mindset's in the wrong place you probably could have had amazing results on that real estate team but you need to take action in your own life and you just quit the team and now you're on your own so you don't even have the support of the team you're on your own so who's going to hold you accountable and what are you going to do right now and after that conversation I I I was watching her growth and I saw her do posts for going to the mall and she just set a goal to talk to 100 people she joined bold so that to, to kind of kick her in the butt a little bit to she didn't know what she was going to expect from bold bold is right. a keller williams training of course mm -hmm. that uh that a lot of agents know about and if you don't know about it you can look it up or whatever but I'm sure you guys can talk about it but there's it's she just started taking action. She started getting outside her comfort zone. And then once she started getting deals from it, she's like, wow, that wasn't so bad. That wasn't so hard. What's the next thing? What's something else I can do? What's the next thing I can do? Just like you said, once you go through that change and your mind is like, wow, that was, that was actually okay. That didn't kill me. I, I can do something else. What, 
what can I do? What's the next thing? You're exactly right. And I see it over and over again with the agents who are who are like, okay, I listened to this. I went outside my comfort zone and, and I got two deals. Wow, mm -hmm. what, how can I get two more? What's the next thing I can do outside of my comfort zone? So yeah. it's really Success about the mindset to change and taking action. You know, yeah, the, exactly. funny thing, the funny thing is, is that Miss Neely Freeman, one of my dear good friends, one of our first, very first listeners of the show, when she started listening to the show, she was a part-time nurse, part-time real estate agent. So I took, I had to verbally smack her upside the head and, you know, got her in, you know, gave her the kick, kick out of the nest that she needed to, you know, out of the, doing the nursing and she did went full-time real estate. Dude, the first month she be, she was the number one, number one real estate agent in her, in her office. She got six listings her first month. It just yeah. took that action to move forward. You know, it, it's, it's incredible. And it's, it's, it's also all very, very, it's beautiful and refreshing to watch people spread their wings and go do something for the first time. I mean, right. Matt, Matt got his, his three obese wood dents and insulin sucking little troll babies on a treadmill for the first time last week. I mean, you should Ooh. see the progress they're making. Oh, that's right. <laughs> going to lose that, uh, got to lose that winter fat. All right. So, uh, so Jeff, where can, speaking of the book, where can we get the book? All right. The easiest place to get the book is reset.com, R-E-S-3-T.com. It's on Amazon. It is on Amazon. If you go to reset.com and click the link, it takes you right to the Amazon page. And uh, it's really the fastest way to, to go get it is through the website there. Um, and I'm actually coming. I'm, I'm in some talks this week. I'll share it with you guys here for the first time. Is uh, doing a reset retreat here in Belize for like 10 days, trying to bring some speakers out here and trying to help people change their mindsets, kind of have like uh, a fun experience of beliefs, go take a look at the caves and the Mayan ruins and chill a little bit and have some great uh, speakers come out and, and enjoy the time here. So we haven't figured out all the pricing yet, but we're gonna have that on the website too, if people are interested in doing something like that. That's awesome. That's a great idea. Yeah, I was gonna say, if you live in a place like that, you are morally obligated to invite people to go. <laughs> and Matt and I are so happy to be your headline speakers. I mean, exactly. this is just, a, it's a blessing come true. You know? uh, but no, it's all right, then, seriousness. Uh, That's really cool, man. And I yeah, wish you the best really cool. of luck with that. I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna jump at that opportunity. One, to go see a beautiful country. Two, go get taught by someone like you uh, and get the head screwed back on along with the rest of the speakers that you're gonna bring down there, man. So whatever we can do to help you, just count us in. We'll, we'll help you out in any way we can. Right. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And then Gene. You uh you were suspiciously well, quiet. I know you were hanging back and let, letting the flow go, but uh, what? It, it, are you sure you don't have anything for us today? What what do you, what, what's going on lately? <laughs> are like, you just I feel constipated? like you're disturbingly quiet. Yeah, constipated. No, no, no. Just I, it's just the Christmas hangover, I think. Christmas um, hangover. No, okay, it's, 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 it's just because your Eagles aren't going to the playoffs. It's uh, that's all it we is. We don't know this yet, and I get another week of survival. Don't start me yet because next week will be ugly. Next week will be ugly. Well, listen, listen. I I want to um. I wanted to ask him one more question. I think it'll be a quick one. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Did you get a response from, from your letter, from your apology letter? Yeah, it's interesting, actually. There's a, the answer is yes. Oh. Um, not right away, though. What happened was um, a couple years ago, a Canadian radio show did a bibliography on me. Um, it's, it's called Cited, C-I-T-E-D. They did a podcast. Uh, and they did a bibliography of my life up to everything. You know, there is this uh, from from growing up poor to going through prison to getting out, all that stuff. And and they did this big journey. And while we were recording the the episodes or 
the episode, um, they called me one night and said, hey, um, are you sitting down? And I said, yeah, I'm sitting <laughs> Or no, they said, they called me and they said, hey, what are you doing right now? And I said, uh, I'm just working at the moment. And they're like, hey, we got a question for you. And I said, yeah, what's up? They're like, um, if we wound up getting in touch with David, David is the guy that I committed the crime against. If we got in touch with David, would that be okay with you to kind of get his version of of the of this of the crime and i said sure yeah no problem and then they said are are you sitting down and i said no should i be and they're just like oh yeah you know we kind of just want to talk to you and i was like all right and so i sat down and they said so we've actually been talking to him for the last couple weeks (laughs) oh wow and they said uh you know, we really have put together some stuff and he has some questions for you and we want to do this back and forth. And I said, Uh sure, no problem. Mm. So there's this 45 minute recording and I can send you the link if you want it. um, Yes. That they they did. And and I'll just give it away here, but it really came down to, um, does he believe the situation and, and, and is there forgiveness? And and in his words, from the way that it was done, we basically had this conversation back and forth that we never really had, mm-hmm. and we never have had, even in the whole interview, like I've never talked to him, but they made it seem like, through the interview, like that, to get his opinion. And at first he didn't believe the letter, but that recording helped him believe the letter and, uh, Accept the I don't know if he accepted the apology, but I believe there was forgiveness. I think is what wow what, how that's it, crazy. How it ended. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I'll incredible. send you the link for sure. Yeah, yeah. Send, put the link in. Definitely put the link in one of these feeds or something, or send it out because I'm sure I wouldn't be the only one that wants to listen to that. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Let's uh, go go to Greg McDaniel's Facebook profile. Drop it in the the comments. Everybody is watching live or the finds it later can uh, get that link, and then we'll throw it in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Awesome. So real quick on the way out, I'll drop one on you just because it's the end of year. We're talking goal planning. You got to mm-hmm. get online and start to find, you know, your smart p- paperwork. I like to write some of my stuff down. Something I had success with last year was called Passion Planner, passionplanner.com. It's just an idea. Go look at it. You might not like the way it's laid out. You can do a search on setting my goals for 2019. There's probably 55 different books. Um, but I, I used Passion Planner the first half of last year, and I sent it to some clients who loved it as well. And so that's just something if you need a little bit of uh, a little kick in the ass or some help with setting your goals for 2019 or finishing and, and honing your goals for 2019, it's a cool little little thing. So, I, Eric, I had something for you. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. And then how can people connect with you? GeneVolpe.com, man. Hit, hit the website. Um, there's a little chat box that pops up. Send me a message. Uh, any Facebook, Facebook Gene Volpe, Instagram the Gene Volpe, YouTube Gene Volpe. Like, you know, it's pretty easy to find so. Very cool. All right. And then, Greg, what's the best way to reach out and connect with you? <laughs> well, if you just trail off with that, Gene. You know, this Gene Volpe, that Gene Volpe, this Gene Volpe. Uh, I don't know, man. Just, just, just look for Gene Volpe. Google me. The end of the Google just me. Just let me sleep. Just let me sleep. Dude, we, we, we got to get the we got to get the evil bald ninja URL for you so people just go evil bald ninja and it redirects back to Gene Volpe. <laughs> Okay, I'll buy it this week. Good. That's a good idea. <laughs> um, guys, go to bookmcdaniel.com. Again, go to bookmcdaniel.com. Go there. What what we'll be able to do is talk about EXP, talk about what the team Matt and I are building. <clears throat> if you guys want to have the ability for multiple streams of income, again, take 30 minutes of your time. I do want to talk to you. It will be a lot of fun. So go to bookmcdaniel.com. You can get me there. Matt, how can people rate, review us, and give us lots and lots of oodles of love? 
Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or iTunes. Give us a review. If you love the guest, make sure to give them a shout-out. So, like, give Jeff a shout-out. Thank him for his time, his contribution in your review. That is it. We are out. It is one of the last episodes of the year, if the. not uh, the last episode of the year. So, go in peace, my children, um, as Greg would say. <laughs> go with God, my, my beloved child. Exactly. Go uh, with God. Watch out for the uh, watch out for the fat little ones. Uh, don't get run over if you're on the sidewalk. Make sure you're not you don't step too close to them. You may fall into some sort of um, crevasse. Well, I can make I can make no guarantees. Don't walk too closely to the uh, to the children. 2019. Matt's going to put his kids on diets. We can That's only right. pray. Um, guys, Jeff. Thank you for coming on again, man. Legendary conversation as usual. Evil Bald Ninja, good to see you as well, my friend. You are a valuable asset to this, to this podcast, sure. and you better be here next year. Otherwise, I will hunt your bald ass down. Um, for the rest of you guys, thank you for watching, listening, and supporting us. If this is something you can share to someone else, please do. We love you with all of our hearts. Make 2019 as good or greater than 2018 was. And if we can do anything to help you know that Matt, I am here, Matt will begrudgingly come alongside and do something that his little coal heart will allow him to do. But in all joking aside, we do love you guys. Thank you so much. Until next time, peace out, ninjas. We're gone. We'll see you in 19.